often referred to as the left-handed Frank Miller. Charles Forsman is a world-famous cartoonist responsible for the end of the effing world. I am not okay with this. Revenger. And he's one of the top-rated PUBG players in the world. Not many people know him as a Massachusetts party delegate and video game historian. For the beginning of our chat, he chose 1955's Marty, starring Ernest Borgnine. 1955. What brings what brought you to Marty in 1955? This seems like if I were to meet you in an alley late at night, I feel like Marty the film wouldn't be the the first thing you'd discuss with me. No, and that's probably why I picked Marty. Um because our relationship is not based around movies like Marty. So I was like, "You know what? I'm going to throw slim a curveball here." Mhm. And pick Marty. 1955. So, Marty was introduced to me about 10 years ago when I was in school. One of my teachers, I think he just didn't feel like uh, teaching that day. <laughs> so, he was like, hey, I'm going to show you guys this movie called Marty. Um, but it, I'm really glad he, he, he didn't teach that day because Marty was a very important film for me. I didn't expect uh, to enjoy it as much as I had. Um and I'm sure there is some lesson he was trying to impart on us. Sure. Uh, don't know but what life, it was, but life may suck for a few years. Maybe yeah. that was what it was. And maybe, you know, maybe that there's, there's value in stories about not, you know, uh, big, huge, you know, open world things. And sometimes drilling down and telling stories about real people can be, um, much more engaging. Yeah, um, yeah. The 1955s came out. Ernest Borgnine is a star. Plays a 34 year old butcher. And everyone, around, <laughs> everyone around him is getting married. He lives with his mother. Everyone tells him he should be getting married, but he doesn't. And then he meets a similar, similarly lived woman at a uh, nightclub, and they eventually find each other. I like. I couldn't believe what I was watching. 1955, this movie. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine, quote unquote, 34. Yeah. I, he looks like he could easily be 51 as sure. a butcher. <laughs> sure. Age didn't um, mean anything back then. No. But he's, I imagine he always looked like, you know, yeah, Ernest Borgnine, yeah. he, he he always looked like that. <laughs> he did, yeah. The um, um, I was pretty sh- I was pretty shocked at the subject matter. I mean, for a movie yeah. from this era that dealt that would deal with, you know, someone who was getting crapped on for not finding someone to get married, like pretty yeah. hard. Like those those female customers at the at the butcher shop, they were taking oh, him to task. Relentless. I hear your kid brother got married last Sunday. That's right. It was a very nice affair. Marty, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. All your kid brothers and sisters married and got children. When are you gonna get married? Relentless. I. I I could watch that the opening. So the movie opens with, you, you know, we meet Marty doing his job at the butcher shop and customer after customer ordering their meats. And then after a pause, Marty, when are you going to get married <laughs> uh, over and over again? And you can just see Marty's face just, you know, just taking the punches. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and I oh what I was gonna say I I would watch a whole movie of just watching Marty <laughs> deliver meats and be yell being yelled at by by ladies. 
I could watch I, that for hours. He was like a customer service master dealing with these annoying women. Yeah. And, and he was perfectly cutting those meats for oh. them and wrapping them up. Every time I watch that, when he's like, he's chopping those chops, mm-hmm. and his, his fingers are right there. And I'm like, he's not a real butcher. He's acting like he's going to chop his fingers off. He, he probably spent six months with a butcher just to get the job down. Oh, method acting. Probably. Yeah. He was handling bet- raw. He was handling raw meats, though. Like, how does that work oh, in a yeah. butcher shop? He was just handling raw meats, taking cash from women. Yeah. yeah the, wiping his hand on his apron. <laughs> no, no rubber gloves or no. anything. No saran wrap, just paper. It was nutty. That whole thing is what, to me, Marty is about is watching, like, the way the people talk. Like, this is the Bronx. Hmm in the middle of the fifties and the way everyone talks is just like, I'm sure when you go to the Bronx, it's, you, you could still, it, it's still like that, but it feels like this time capsule, uh, of just how people, uh, would talk to each other. And I don't know. <laughs> I mean, people talk to each other still, but we look at mm-hmm. our phones a lot more now, but right. like the world was so much about, um, just interacting and, and, you know, and, and just Marty sitting around with his friends, you know, that that's a big part of it is like, what do you want? To, hey, Ange, what do you want to do tonight? Yeah. I don't know. What do you want to do, Marty? Um, <laughs> and just watching those idiots <laughs> hang out. Oh, my God. The, I mean, even he when he was done at the butcher shop, his shift was over. He came in, was like asking if the game was still on and it was over. Yeah. And he just ordered. Uh, did they order beer? Or did they order Cokes? Uh, yeah, Marty Could, bought him and Ange two uh, beers, beers. Okay, yeah, because in the beginning they, just, they yeah. just sat there, read the paper together. Yeah. And, um, there was a pretty, this, there's like a few secondary storylines, like one of the storylines where his mother, uh, yeah, they live together, but the mother's sister lives with, uh, the daughter and the husband and their child and they can't stand the mother anymore. So they need yeah. like her out of the, so the, so Marty's mother takes her in or offers to take her in. And their storyline was, uh, you know, the troubled mother was like 54. And <laughs> <laughs> it looked like she was played by a 20 year old. Yeah. But yeah. her storyline was, you know, all she does is she wants to cook for her kids. She wants to clean and they want her out of the house. So she's like at a, you know, a crossroads in her life where the kids don't want her anymore. And mm-hmm. that leads to a storyline with Marty's mother. Bits and pieces of that aspect of life start to happen to her when like Marty starts dating this girl. She starts to like realize like, oh crap, she's right. It's happening to me now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thought- Fre- yeah. Yeah. We can't discount F- Frederica's uh, uh, just pummeling that into marty's mom's head that marty's gonna get married and leave her and her Uh life is gonna be over right and she's gonna be old and lonely i thought Um, they did it it wasn't even really like over the top like her telling the the her sister that it was gonna happen to her was over the top but the fact that that discussion is a real thing oh yeah like it eventually happened to her and then because then you see her react to marty's uh girlfriend whose name uh, Clara, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clara. Initially she likes Clara and then when she realizes that the same thing's happening to her and she's going to be t- and Marty's going to be taken away, she like dislikes Clara. Oh and yeah. And I thought like that you don't usually see in most movies the reasoning 
why a mother-in-law mm. like doesn't like that daughter. I thought it was done pretty well about how they explained it. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It was that that when she first meets Clara, that you know she sits her down and and uh, is explaining the whole situation with her sister, and and Clara is trying to be diplomatic and mm. and <laughs> and defend the young couple. That yeah, maybe their mom shouldn't live with them, and you know they might be you know better off if it's just them and the baby. <laughs> right, right. And uh, Marty's mom just oh my god, you can just see her. She just spaces out, and she's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it's like in this Kill Bill, where the, where the where the red happens in the background, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, also oh, there's yeah. the, the topic of Marty's thinking about how he might never find find love, and how mm. there's a few dark scenes where he talks about how oh he you know he was by the train tracks and he thought about. Uh, he kept he kept realizing the tracks were pulling me. God, forgive me what I'm going to say now, but I used to think of doing away with myself. I used to stand on a subway sometimes, and God, forgive me what I'm going to say. I, I used to feel a track sucking me down under the wheels. Yes, I know. I'm Catholic, you know, and even to think about suicide is a terrible sin. Yes, I know. He could feel the tracks pulling him under. Oh something my like that, under gosh. the train. Pretty deep yeah, stuff. That, oh man. Yeah, that the whole scene that he meets he meets um I keep wanting to say the actress's name, Betsy Blair, but uh mm-hmm. Clara. And they, they end up at like a, a diner eating pie and, and Marty just can't stop talking and he <laughs> yeah. and 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 you know that's a risky move. Like you know, I've been right there. You know, you, you you finally meet a girl that you know you're hitting it off with, and you just start dumping everything out. And that's a that's <laughs> that's a gamble, though. You know? Yeah, um, and how he started realizing it too, and then he kept <laughs> doing it over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, at a certain point, he was just like, "All right, f it. I'm just going for it. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna let all this stuff fly out of me," and even. Even thoughts of suicide, and I love the very subtle hints. Like Marty w- went to World War II, and he, they, he didn't say a ton about it, but you could tell that was sort of the start of, of, you know, he probably mm-hmm. saw some bad stuff, yeah, and uh, maybe started on his depression a little bit when he I came love, back. I love the um, the uh, start was it the Stardust Lounge or the Star. Yeah. Uh, the where Stardust the, Ballroom. You find a, yeah. You find a couple of nice tomatoes. <laughs> where like all the young people, young single people go to meet other people, which, you know, is such a foreign concept to me. Yeah. Where it, oh, yeah. you're just kind of going, walking around, trying to find someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like Clara goes there on a double date, but her date's kind of a douche and ends Huge up just... Douche trying to pay someone else that went alone <laughs> to take his place. Oh yeah. my God. And that guy, you know, he reminded me of, he looked like a Tim sale drawn character. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah. He, yeah. He looked like he should be in the Batman animated series oh my just God. from his features. Yeah. Oh, totally. What a creep. Um, yeah. That, that's a heartbreaking scene. I mean, that's how we, we get introduced to Clara and it's just like this, f- Oh, this creep. And he's going to pay $5 to have some, and he keeps calling her a dog. That's the other rough thing in this movie is the amount of times they call Clara a dog. And it's just so, it just, oh, it, it hurts. 
Yeah, I I wonder if like it's it's obviously meant to be painful then, but I wonder if there's mm-hmm. an equivalent of what we would say to people now that's not dog or like mm, sure yeah maybe it's like saying calling someone a six. Oh. <laughs> Oh, like on the scale? <laughs> yeah, on the scale. Because I feel like we wouldn't even say that today. Like, I no. don't even know. I don't think people would say that today. It's I just mean, so harsh. Mm, there's a lot of people in this world, Slim. There's a That's lot true. of people. <laughs> That's true. Maybe I'm being too kind. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think there are people like that. Uh, and I, But I think nowadays they wouldn't even have the decency to replace themselves in their date they want to get out of. Right, they would um, just leave. I feel like that's a... That's a, from a bygone era. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, the, the character of uh, Angie, his best friend? Oh, Ange. Now, Ange is like the real... He's like, if this was Stranger Things, he's Barb. He is <laughs> Marty's best friend. They hang out every night, every day probably. Yeah. They go out every Saturday night. But Marty, you know, finds this girl and he kind of... Kinda kinda ditches Ange and Ange spends all night looking for Marty uh, running around. I guess they're in the Bronx. I'm not really sure if they're in the Bronx or if they go down to Manhattan uh to the start. I mean, he's walking ballroom. around he's walking around the city to find yeah, the Marty. City. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> like, matter where they are. It's still crazy that he's just walking around thinking he's gonna find him. And maybe that yeah. was possible back then, but now maybe I don't think so. I mean and I how- guess I guess if you have like the haunts that yeah. you, know, you know everyone goes to. When he meets up with Marty eventually and mm. he just like ignores Clara and the way he says hello oh. to Clara. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my he God. barely looks at her. He like he looks at her. He... Hey listen, Angie, I want you to meet Clara. Clara this is my best friend Angie. I told you about it. Yes. How do you do? Hello. Gives her a glance and then just she's not even there. <laughs> I know. It's horrible. Oh, what are he Ange. I mean he's as bad he's almost as bad as uh her double, her double date, dude. Mm-hmm. Tim mm-hmm. Sale, and then, and then, and then the that car full of uh, Marty's other friends, where they have those nurses. Oh my who are, god! The nurses who are a sure thing. I'm doing air quotes. Um, <laughs> and Marty is like, "No, man, I got, I got a nice girl here. I'm talking to." <laughs> uh huh. Also, and, Ra- that guy uh, Ralph. I think that the guy that was driving, he seemed like yeah. a super seedy individual. Like I was oh getting unnerved just listening to Ralph try to talk Marty into getting in the car. No, I mean it, I love the way he's introduced by asking Marty for ten dollars so he can take <laughs> this nurse out. And as he's asking him, he remembers, "Oh, I already borrowed ten dollars from you <laughs> a few weeks ago. Probably never mind." Oh my god. <laughs> Like, what are they even going to do out to, like, on a, on a date with a group of people? This guy's broke. I just don't know. Mind bo- mind bottling. Unbelievable. There was, another, there was another character that freaked me out that he, he appeared at the end. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about, I think. The guy who had that voice, he was telling these stories about the, the writer. Mickey Spillane. So the whole book winds up, Marty. Hey, Marty. So the whole book winds up, Mike Hammer. He's in the room there with this doll. So he says, you're a rat. You're the murderer. She begins to con him, you know. She tells him how she loves him. And then, bam, he shoots her right in the stomach. So she's laying there, gasping for breath, and she says, how could you do that? And he says, it was easy. Oh, that Mickey Spillane, boy. My, that guy. That guy. <laughs> I wanted to shut it. I wanted to shut the movie off when that guy was talking. <laughs> like, if I was oh, that guy's yeah. friend, I would probably ditch him. We'd probably, like... <laughs> I'd be giving signals like we got we got to get out of here. Yeah, 
it's either that or it's just like they t- tune him out. Like it's just like it's it's just this droning voice, and you just have to like it's just he, part of it's like the wall. He, he looked like he was as old as Marty's mom. <laughs> yeah, like he was Marty's mom's new beau. <laughs> <laughs> Marty. Oh, uh, I also, I'm going to jump around. I also yeah. picked this movie because I know you're a fan, a recent fan of Altered States, mm. which is a, a movie that came out in uh, 1980, I think, but it's also a novel um, by Patty Shayefsky, who oh. wrote the teleplay for Marty. And, uh, and he, won a, 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 he won an Academy Award for this. And we should say mm. this movie won Best Picture in 1955. Wow. Um, which I feel like even now, if you watch, I mean, when you watch it, you're like, wow, they picked this movie to win best. It seems mm-hmm. like kind of a, a weird thing um, for a type of movie. It's such yeah. a small movie. It's an hour and a half, and it's just, it's basically over one, one about 24 hours, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved Altered States. Altered, yeah, Altered States is amazing. Um, My God. Patty Shayevsky is awesome. He wrote, I think, one other movie. Um, is it called a bunch Devil of or something? There's one. It's called. Uh, it's it's with George C. Scott, and it's about a hospital. If you're ever in a hospital, you might want a new blanket from Half Double Design, not your granny's crochet. If you're looking for a new scarf, winter hat, blanket, tie, beanies, or just about anything that can be crocheted together in the highest of quality, look no further than Half Double Design. Amanda's waiting to hear from you, and you won't regret it. Check out halfdoubledesign.com. For more. Oh, no. And he also wrote Network. Did you ever see Network? That's yes. like the, um, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to yep. take it anymore guy. Mm-hmm. Wh- which, uh, that's another thing he wrote. That's the other big thing that Patty Shayevsky did. Um, but I'm a big fan of his. Um, but also, Marty, this, it was shot before, like a few years before as a TV movie. Hmm. Um, which I've never seen, but I think I saw that it's up on YouTube somewhere. So Ooh. I might, I think it's got a, whole different cast but be interested to see that um, yeah I, I i i felt like after i watched marty like i could view this as like a timeless classic for sure yeah. it was like well shot well directed and it had that kind of vibe like i did a um i did meet me in st louis with my dad as the first episode oh yeah and the, like s- movies of that era can be shot very much like a play where they're just like mm. one shot one take and it's like five minutes long. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of like the camera's not even there. It's just a stage show. Yeah. And there was a bunch of those in this and you know, the, the long zoom in like a bunch of those shots. And especially the one yeah. where Marty tries like that night, they're the night where he invites her to his house and he like goes in for the kiss and then is ashamed <sighs> that he did it and kind of oh, sits man. on the couch and cries. That, that a, scene was so good. Such a complicated scene. Like it, it's, it, you're just cringing and you like part of you is like marty you bastard don't try and get a kiss like you know mm-hmm. on the first date and you're like but you feel sorry for him because you know he's probably <laughs> <laughs> who knows when the last time he kissed anybody was and it's just oh man and you don't want him to ruin it you know with his right. big ugly face and you know it, it, it's just it's just it's a movie about people that you wouldn't expect a movie to be about. And that, I think that's what I like about it. It's about ugly people, like, you know, which isn't a nice thing to say, uh, mm, but dogs, dogs, sixes, <laughs> sixes, total six. Well, Marty might be like a four though. 
we're going to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, he walks around the street with the, with raw meat juice all over himself, <laughs> shaking hands. <laughs> the other thing that when the scenes where you watch Marty walking just on the sidewalk and stuff, it makes me wish that they had made like in 1965, a fantastic four movie where, <laughs> where he played Ben Grimm. Cause it's just like, he is just, he is Ben Grimm. Like he's just a sad sack. Yeah. Angry guy. You can't catch a break. I was um, thinking to myself that this movie seems ripe for a remake, like modern day mm. Marty kind of like independent, low budget, just like this one kind of was low budget. Um, so I, I looked on the Wikipedia, but apparently they they made a version of it with John Candy, but it was more it was more centered on him and his mother. It was like you know different storyline. He was like Irish and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't seem like a it meant it looked like a spiritual successor as opposed to just like oh, a straight man. up remake. Do you remember what it was called? I feel like I just watched this movie like it was on in a hotel room Ma- or something. Oh, um, Christopher Columbus directed it. And, yeah. and I think Macaulay Culkin was Macaulay Culkin was in it. Oh my gosh! Yes, I think I I think I just watched some of this or part of this. Only, it's um only, only the, the lonely. lonely. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, that's hilarious! It totally is. Now that I think about it, <laughs> yeah, he plays like a cop in that. I think. Uh-huh. And, so that name's yeah. like Muldoon or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, that's funny. That's totally funny. I had no idea that was like a a spiritual successor to Marty. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> But I was about to say, I feel like it should have been remade, but I guess the plot in and of itself is not unique now. No. Where, like, you know, like the librarian-esque, quote-unquote, woman meets, you know, the down-on-his-luck writer or something like that. Like, you can transpose the jobs, and it's essentially this plot. This was probably, like, one of the first ever of that storyline. Yeah. And it's very much, like, it's very much, like, still in that. It's like a play. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, it's very, you know, not a lot of sets and it's, it's more about the dialogue and not really, you know, the amazing like storytelling or, you know, whatever the director was doing. It's, it's more about watching Ernest Borgnine say those lines <laughs> and it's, it's just great. <laughs> Do you watch a lot of movies from this era in, in general, or is this just like kind of like a one-off from I used that class? To. I do. I, I, Sometimes I'll get on a kick of like an actor or a filmmaker that I, I start going back and watching everything. Um, but this is a rarity where it was a movie that was like put in front of me. Yeah. Um, usually I, I search this stuff out by myself, but, uh, but because my teacher put it in front of me, it was just like uh, one of those things where it's like, wow, it's like, oh my God, like I never, mm-hmm. I probably still wouldn't have heard about this movie. Right. Um, because seeing that put me on the path of Patty Shayevsky because then I watched everything he wrote um, and and even got an old copy of Altered States and read the novel. And, oh, boy. Um, yeah, just got really into it. Uh, What's your all-time favorite horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> God, that's, that's a good question. Do you like any of the modern movies like Conjuring or Babadook? Mm, Babadook really freaked me out. Um, that movie was like perfect. In IMO. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, I mean the one that always jumps to mind is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because mm-hmm. um, that is it. Feel it still feels like a snuff film when you watch it. Like it, you can close your eyes 
open them back up and feel like these are actually real people that right <laughs> they filmed with it you know a super eight camera out in the middle of texas and i don't i don't know if i've ever actually seen the whole movie i've seen the yeah. remake and i felt like that oh. was a snuff film and i was immediately turned off to it well then you can't handle the uh, <laughs> the actual one because it is it, it's so horrible it's horrible have it's you ever terrifying. seen um cannibal holocaust yes that's at the same level except that has real like it's got like real animal torture in yeah it, which that's is really gross. hard to watch yeah yeah really gross <laughs> i mean even even the like the <clears throat> bad stuff in that movie felt just really uncomfortable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um another big favorite of mine is that i always think of is suspiria have you ever seen Suspiria? Which no. is um, who's the big? He's the big Italian uh, horror director. Uh, Marlon Brando. <laughs> no, not Marlon Brando. <laughs> he's uh, he's the guy. He he's he did like the the European cut of Dawn of the Dead and. Uh, oh okay. What is his name? I'm, I feel like an idiot. But anyway, Jesus. Suspiria. It's about. Uh, it's about like, she's a dancer. I think she's like a ballerina or a dancer and she goes to this school to study, but it's being run by a coven of witches. Of course. And things get really weird. Uh, Mm. but it is, and it's got a soundtrack by Goblin, which they did the, they do a lot of great horror soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Dawn of the Dead is probably their most famous one, but they were like an Italian, uh, uh, what do you call that music? Prog rock band that mainly, <laughs> like, I think they had proper albums, but they mainly scored movies. Really? Um, so it's lots of synth and it's, they're, they're really fantastic. There's nothing um, more horrifying than synth. No. It no. just makes, it just is the perfect match. And I mean, John Carpenter is probably my favorite horror director, I would say. What's your favorite John Carpenter film? Oh, man. I mean, probably the thing. I think that's the, the one that pleases me the most when I watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have a, I recently saw, um, Oh shoot. I cannot remember names of things. <laughs> the one, the one where he, it's, it's about them, uh, get, building a portal to Satan in the basement of a church. That's not the people under the stairs, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Little known fact, people under the stairs directed by Marlon Brando. Uh, actually, Wes Craven. Sorry, <laughs> Marlon Brando. Did you just watch that? Did you read that Quincy Jones? I did. Article? I just Is that why I you're, finished, you've got Marlon on the mind. Marlon Brando on the tip of my tongue. Are you are you shipping Marlon Brando with every with every director? mailbox and radiator <laughs> in a ten mile radius? I'm just not, trying to ugh. just imagining them on like the 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 amount of drugs. Oh my that god! They were all on at that time, sweaty, mm. frothing, just to make love to someone. And Marlon Brando in the seventies, like he wasn't Marlon no. Brando in the fifties. Like he was starting to look like Marty. <laughs> to bring it back, <laughs> yeah, I to think a, he was past Marty. <laughs> what was he? What was the movie? The Ghost in the Darkness? Is that the oh, one yeah. where he was like the guy, the crazy guy, wore the face paint? What year yeah. was that? That was like eighties or early nineties. I think that was nineties. Yeah. If he was yeah. anywhere near there, I would have had to have been on a lot of quaaludes mm-hmm. to take him home. Yeah. The way Quincy tells it, he was a smooth, smooth motherfucker. 
His his line in that interview about uh, Ringo Starr was one of the best oh, interview quotes I've ever heard. Uh, have you seen Ringo Starr's YouTube video that he put out like I don't know five or six years ago, announcing mm. that he will no longer be signing photographs or objects and for his fans to stop sending him things. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just watching grumpy old Ringo. Just oh tell everybody, God. I will not be signing any more things. Peace and love. Peace and love. Uh, it's so, like five so, minutes long, but... So the Simpsons episode was based in truth, where he... Oh, there's a Simpsons uh, episode about that? Yeah, there's an episode <laughs> that uh, Marge w- had dreams of being a painter, and she sent a painting of Ringo to Ringo, <laughs> and he never he never found it for like 15 years because there's a scene where he's like going through a room full of gifts and he finds this painting and he reaches out to marge wow what season is that that's maybe maybe four. Oh, then i must have season seen four yeah come on get back it get back in the simpsons game speaking of games look at that segue Ooh, you're no, you're known on the internet as being a uh, video game <laughs> <laughs> historian <laughs> I dabble. When I when people when people see you at cons, they see you, you know, in the in the sections where they have like NES's games boxed up. You're like sifting through those. I'm doing the movement with like the oh, yeah. fingers, flip, like flip, you're going flip, through flip, them. Flip, flip. Yep, yeah, you're going through. When did that start? Where you kind of started digging into the oldies? Probably the last two years, because um, I I think we we got rid of all our old games that we had as a kid, and all the NES games. I was just probably too young when my brothers were playing that thing to never be good at any of them. So mm. there's part of me that's like, Oh, you know, I'm older. I have money. That's my own now. And I can buy these games <laughs> and I can play them. Uh, and I can have any game I want. <laughs> and, and I also kind of like getting back in, I hadn't played games for a long time and I started getting back into it and got an Xbox and stuff. And, uh, I kind of realized that my favorite games are platformers, usually like 2D platformers. Mm. So I'm kind of going back. That's kind of what I'm doing. It's more, there's some nostalgia stuff there, but it's more about me just wanting to play these games on the original hardware. Mm. Um, and it's just, you know, it's me filling a void, Slim. You know, it's, <laughs> just, it's the same with the mountain of comic books behind me and just. Right, that when will I kill see you the boxes, I can't help but look through every single one and see if there's uh-huh. a little nugget of gold that maybe I'll show one friend and they'll be like, "Oh, that's cool." <laughs> It'll all be worth it. Yeah, that one all friend be worth it, and I can put it in a box or throw it in a pile. I just saw a um, <laughs> article, like a long form interview, it was probably on Polygon, one of their few articles about video games. Yeah, <laughs> but it was the one where they interviewed the makers of this company that's making it an SNES hardware mm. replacement, oh, yeah. like a sexy looking SNES that's super small and you can plug the games into and it'll play the games. Have you seen that? It looks really nice. I have. It, it just hit every video game YouTube channel at the same mm. time because I think there was an NDA or something. Yeah, it's called the... Uh, they they did a, an NES one called the Analog NT. I forget what this new one is, but it's Super Nintendo. And I actually have something similar. I have the thing called a uh, retro USB AVS, which this guy built a few years ago. And it's an, it's basically a new NES. Um, but instead of it being software emulation or one of those clone systems that you can buy that are just like a system on a chip that aren't very accurate and they don't play every game. Uh, 
they use, and the same thing with these analog ones, they use these FPGAs, these field programmable gate arrays. I'm pretending I know what that means. I don't know. (laughs) Basically, they're like, they're chips that you can program to act like any kind of chip. So like Mm -hmm. these smart nerds get these chips and they figure out how the original chips in like the Nintendo or the SNES ran. And they're, they're telling this new chip to act just like that. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like a way to, to sort of have hardware accurate representation and a way, you know, to have low lag and to hook up to modern televisions uh, without jumping through a whole bunch of steps. Uh, um, yeah, it's nerd stuff, you know. Super nerd. Yeah, but I love it. I know that there's a market for the Raspberry Pi mm-hmm. emulators and all that stuff, but the fact that there's like a company, I don't know how big the company is, presumably, that can employ several people to build like new Super Nintendo hardware. It's pretty weird. It just It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and the the prices on especially Super Nintendo games nowadays are are insane. You would you would plots. I would you, plots. Yeah, they're like <laughs> a lot of them are like, you know they go for like sixty dollars. Some of these games get out of here. Like as if they're right it's now. the day they came out. You know, uh, that's silly. It's really wild. Yeah. Um, Although I guess back in my day when I used to work at GameStop, mm-hmm. I re- I remember I think SNES is holding their value. I don't know if they were ever that high. Yeah. But I remember us having like Genesis games that nobody would give a crap about. <laughs> Poor Sega. Yeah, nobody's <laughs> making a, a brand spanking new Ferrari Ferrari Genesis. You know, no. I did sad. find. Um, I watched that. I'm not sure if you linked to it that uh, gaming historian channel. Yeah, I watched a few of those videos. So now all my recommendations are like, you know, long form <laughs> history of game videos on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but I watched the one. Uh, he did a review on the Sega Nomad. Oh yeah, have you ever seen that? That was yeah. just like a mini Sega Genesis in your hand that still played the cartridges. <laughs> oh yeah, so crazy. <laughs> I'd never even heard of that. I was a huge Sega, um, fanboy. That's I was a awesome. Sega guy. I wasn't. I wasn't a Nintendo guy. I never had any Sega systems. Actually, my first video game memory is actually we had a Master System. And I think mm. I think my dad went and got it, and I think we had it for like a day or something. And we, I think it got returned, and then we got an NES. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, we had we had a Atari uh, with the joysticks and the little spin wheels. Oh yeah, I think we still have it at one of the family's houses in like a brown paper bag. It might even yeah. be this house. I don't know. But then we got Sega. Uh, Genesis, and I remember on Christmas being so bummed because my parents got me, or Santa, got me <laughs> Mortal Kombat 3 and not Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Oh my remember god. Remember when they came out with like the, the follow-up <laughs> super quick that added like all the cool characters and the, oh, and the levels? Man. It was a heartbreaker. That's heartbreaking. That's interesting that you had a... Did you have Street Fighter 2? I was no... I never... I was more of a Mortal Kombat. Interesting. Like, I was all in Mortal Kombat. Like I entered the blood code on Mortal yeah. Kombat 1. I would go to the arcade to play uh, two and three, oh, and then yeah. I would I would try to do the code to unlock Reptile in the arcade. Like that's <laughs> yeah. how hardcore I, wow. I was into it. I also used to watch. I love Mortal Kombat. I always used yeah. to watch the animated series that was on the USA Network. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. I remember the movie. Oh, I remember seeing the movie. Oh boy! In the, the but the oh, this oh animated series is the real <laughs> yeah. deal. <laughs> it was a deal. It was the real deal to me. At, at the time, it was like, 
we know the the backstories of like when shows end and start, but like yeah. Saturday mornings USA, if like sometimes it just wouldn't appear, I wouldn't know what the heck was going on with the show. I think it eventually got canceled. But I also used to watch that Mortal Kombat TNT show or mm. TBS, the live action oh, weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I love Mortal Kombat. But once that once they started doing the three D stuff as opposed to the two D, I was kind of checking out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a Mortal Kombat kid too. I don't know why I never the Street Fighter. It's funny because now when I look at those games, I'm a much bigger into like the at least the aesthetic of Street Fighter. Like it's a lot cooler and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I guess the thing about Mortal Kombat, like just looking at it now, is like they had those like they took like real video of people right for the, yeah. the characters and they sort of put them into the game and that looked wild. <laughs> I know. I mean, they yeah. ha- they haven't gone back to like just goof around and do another version, have they? I would think because like Street Fighter went back to two D. Yeah, I don't know. And, but like, I guess there's been two D advancements. I guess you can't really do like real life advancements on like motion capture human beings. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be great. I'm sure there's like, I mean, just I, I, I'd love to put my head on like Scorpion's body. <laughs> Yeah. You know, pay like fifteen dollars to add yourself to as a, as a custom character in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh my god! I would absolutely do that. Yeah, this, this might be a thing. We're not we're not aficionados here. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm sure we're really this has not. been thought of. <laughs> We've been out of the game. We pretty much just play Rocket League, yeah. and uh, and you play PUBG, and I refuse to play it because it's so bad. <laughs> I, I I can't explain my my interest in that game. It's not, it's you know, it's a mess. Uh-huh. But I just I'm addicted to it. I can't stop playing it. It's, you playing tonight? I might hop on if you're playing tonight. I'm always playing. My God, <laughs> every night. Not every night, but every night. I was watching um, uh, Mikey P. For people that don't know, we have friends that play this game. But Mikey P. and uh, Timo Thief and and Lindy mm-hmm. were playing. there was a scene that it's been lost the internet forever because mikey p didn't have his twitch set up to save it but they all found a motorcycle mikey p's never ridden a motorcycle before tim bark tim's barking water is like a a field general to mikey p to get in the motorcycle and drive it so they all get in mikey p doesn't even get it to move for like 15 seconds they all get shot and killed It's it's amazing. Yeah, Tim is like he is like when we play together, we play a lot together. He is like mm-hmm. the PUBG dad. He's like my dad because he's always yeah. looking out for me. He's like, oh, you need you need bandages here. I'll, I'll drop some for you. Oh, you need ammo here. I got some of that ammo. I'm I'm always dying first, and he's reviving me. Mm-hmm. He's making the decisions on where we're going. It's a different right. game from when I play by myself than when I when I play with him. I was gonna just completely change topics. Let's do it. And so long as we get in our good guy Google topic at least once. <laughs> How's that YouTube TV treating you? Oh my god! Well, I'm now on my third month. Uh, <sighs> wow! I haven't hit the the cancel button yet because <laughs> I keep. Oh, what if I forget again and it and they charge me? <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! It because it's not that great. Like, there's not that many channels I even watch, but mm-hmm. I do like it. And now the other thing is, is I I just found out I can share my account with like six people. So wow! Now I've like 
giving it to my mom and holy moly my girlfriend and her sister and her mom <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just so now it's like i feel a little bit of responsibility that everyone has YouTube now you TV. can't cancel it do they still have ads on like the video on demand stuff i think that was uh, like my one hiccup when i was when i was doing it i don't remember it probably depends on the channel whatever deal yeah. it is mm-hmm. you can fast forward through that which is you know it's True. not ideal but um also it's like i'm i watch so much news now like i can't it's i've got it's got msnbc on there and i I'm always, Whoa, I always find man. myself yeah well know. aren't you like a uh congressman now didn't you just get voted in <laughs> no i'm a locally i'm a party delegate it's actually very <laughs> easy to do especially if you live in a small town but you have to go to the convention and then do you have to like cast a ballot as the delegate for your uh yeah, so in Massachusetts, we're, we have a governor's race coming up, so we got to pick our Democratic, uh, whoever's going to run on the ticket. So I get mm-hmm. to go in June to the, the state convention and cast a ballot for somebody. Wow. And probably other stuff. I have no idea what uh, a party convention is is like. It's probably Everyone's warning me it's going to be very boring, but... I, he- I heard they're like orgies. <laughs> I hope Pol- not. Political orgies. <laughs> Everyone just wears bathrobes and slippers. Oh man, I I would just turn right around. <laughs> Not my scene, man. You guys got this. You can pick. You can pick. What are you gonna, gonna wear? Like, what do you? What would you wear to that? Do you I have don't like know. a mock turtleneck or like some kind of tie situation? You, I'm a man of the people, so I'm just gonna wear what I wear. You're, yeah, I mean, every time I hear about you, they'd say salt of the earth, <laughs> Chuck Forsman. Salt of the earth. <laughs> If I was smart, I'd have some sort of image, but I can't, I can't do that. Has anyone ever pronounced it out loud? Automa? Has anyone pronounced it out loud outside of yourself? You're probably going to be the first person to have My pronounced God. it. Was that, was that correct? Uh, Automo. I think that's what I'm saying. Automo. I haven't even said it out loud yet. <laughs> Just making history yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, Has anything outside of the logo and the preview image hit yet? Not yet. Outside of Patreon? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm keeping this one as of recording. Not that it's going to be like a, you know, a big splashy first issue, but I'm keeping it. Mm-hmm. There's reveals in this that will be way in the future in the book. So I don't want to, I'm trying not right. to let myself, I usually say too much and then I regret it and I feel beholden to whatever I said. So yeah. I'm trying to be a, a good boy and not uh, talk too much about it. If you didn't use Patreon, would you have done things differently? Like how, how much has Patreon kind of like impacted how you publish? Um, on- I, it, it's, it's fit really well into what I discovered I love. So when I, when I did like, when I started the end of the fucking world as, as mini comics, I found out that I love serialization. Um, so Patreon fits in with that really well. Cause then I can, once I get on a schedule, I can do a comic a month. Um, hmm. And that's when, you know, they charge people. So it, it really, it works well for me um, in that sense. I think I would just do a subscription if there was no Patreon uh, mm-hmm. anyway, but that's a lot more, work on my end it's kind of nice um patreon sort of has all that stuff built in and i don't have to like organize who's on whose subscription is lapsed and um so it's really good for that and i can turn it off if i'm ever gonna miss a month you know we should combine your love of snes games with like revenger oh yeah somebody we can talk to that can just like start building like a (sighs) level 
that it's, we can buy off Patreon or it's something. It's going to happen someday. You know what I want? There's there. Do you, you know uh, the one of the great comics of the world, Shadowhawk? Of course. Um, by Jim Valentino, and uh, <laughs> there is you can play this game now on an emulator. He there was a company building a Super Nintendo Shadowhawk game, and oh I've played God. it, and it's pretty awesome. You yeah, have, you have like a a grappling hook. It's sort of like um, what's that NES game with the the Bionic Commando? It's sort of like that where you're <laughs> grappling uh, uh-huh. up buildings and swinging around and breaking backs. I mean, that's what Shadowhawk does. I don't, I can't remember if he breaks backs in the game, but I'm sure he does. I hope um, he does. But that was like one of the weird discoveries made a few years ago. That someone found that the files Jeez, to that what a find yeah what a find you know they call jim valentino the right-handed walsy portasio <laughs> oh my god you're gonna start a fight so, you're gonna make someone angry I don't even with know that one what hand do they draw with <laughs> <laughs> how about todd's uh, instagram oh coming out of the woodwork god love him todd or tom todd todd mcfarlane on instagram now i, I haven't seen this you gotta tell me you kidding me i'm i am not i had no idea you gotta load it up he just joined like two weeks ago last oh week God. or something is yeah. he doing videos is he doing a lot of like oh yeah oh yeah shots from his desk he he does like, this is how uh, you draw he, fingers <laughs> god i love him you gotta do it in the todd voice though he, he he's like marty he's like marty 1955 <laughs> you uh he did a video of like he had a graded version of his first ever published work uh, mm. So he did like a video of him looking at it. Stan Lee signed it. He signed it. Oh my and god! That's that's where that picture was of him wearing the Phillies jersey. Oh shit! Okay. Um. And then so yeah, he's in total like Todd dad mode because he like posts pictures of his family, his wife, and his kids. And then like the next post is like, oh sorry, my I just got a. He's like a screenshot of the chat from his family saying, <laughs> "Let us know next time you post a picture of us." Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, I'm so in. I can't believe I've been missing this. I got so much catching I didn't, up I to didn't do. I didn't know that he also has like a blog on McFarlane.com, like a daily oh, wow. blog. I know. Do you follow him on Facebook? I thought I did, but maybe not. He does a lot. He puts a lot of videos up there. Um, mm. It's a lot. Of, there, my favorite one is him visiting the new image st- uh, offices in uh, Portland. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> <laughs> He's he's like doing it like a live stream. I'm sure it's still up there with his phone. Oh my God. He's just walking around harassing every single employee <laughs> at Image Comics. And it is just one of the my favorite things in the world. I highly recommend tracking that down. Yalo, that's it for this episode of Lincoln Bio. If you liked it, awesome. Tweet out a link or Facebook it or whatever you usually do to tell people that you like something. Maybe text. I don't know. Leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Just let me know on Twitter that you liked it. Or Instagram, if you use Instagram. If you didn't like it, can't win them all, you know?